Hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about over 40 weight loss myths. So you can avoid these, you can avoid getting tripped up by these, and they're very, very common pitfalls. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity podcast. So a lot of women that we speak to who are in their 40s and 50s, they struggle to get the scales moving because they're not sure on the best approach to take for them. And when there's so many different approaches out there from slimming clubs to low carb diets, you know, things like cabbage soup diet, five two hit training, gym classes, spinning, running, walking the dog, low carbs, whatever. There's so many different approaches out there. Um, what can make it even worse is a lot of these approaches don't actually work for women over 40. So you might try some of those approaches, not see any results, and you're left even more confused thinking, what actually works? What's actually just going to get me the results I want? And this, give, this leaves so many women feeling completely stuck, watching their weight creep up every single year, choosing their clothes to cover up problem areas rather than choosing what they like, dreading going out on going on beach holidays or going shopping for clothes because there's nothing fits quite right and they just don't feel confident anymore. And all of that just because of the amount of weight loss myths and misinformation that's pushed by the media, by newspapers, news websites, tabloids, TV and, and social networks. So in this, this week's podcast, we're going to reveal the top weight loss myths that keep women stuck and are unable to lose weight, specifically for women who are over 40, so women in their 40s and 50s. I'm going to tell you what you should do instead so you can get the scales moving, you cut through all of the noise, and you can just start seeing results from next week. Beach holiday would be nice. I know I know. usually people might be dreading beach holidays because of mm. sort of the way they fit in their clothes or don't fit. Not many people have like, them coming up. I feel like people may be sort of... Uh, they're thinking, thank God there aren't any beach holidays. But ideally, you know, you want to be thinking next summer, we may actually I can't be wait. able to go on holiday and stuff again. Um, yeah. So it'd be nice. Yeah, to there's plenty of time, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. There's plenty of time by next summer. So if you do want to get there, you know, some of the myths we're going to talk about today, if you can overcome these, you're going to be in a much better position to, to be ready for that holiday, able to wear all the clothes you want and feeling great. So let's let's get into them. Um, so the first myth, and it's kind of underlies everything else we're going to talk about today, is that a lot of people and a lot of diets out there kind of put this out there that you can just do the same thing regardless of your age. You can do the same thing that you did in your 20s, or you can do the same thing that you did in your 30s, and it should still work the same. So you might have done a particular diet a few years ago that worked quite well. It could have been a slimming club. It could have been cabbage soup that Ben mentioned at the beginning. It could be the 5-2 diet. You could have done something like HIIT training. You could have gone to the gym and done gym classes or spinning or running. And it, those things may have worked quite well. They may have helped you lose some weight and keep the weight off back there. But the problem is the body of a woman over 40 and the lifestyle for many women over 40 that, that we work with is very, very different. So hormonal changes have started to happen as you get older. And these can happen many years before menopause as well. So it could be five or 10 years before you ever hit what's defined as clinical menopause, so a year without a period. 
hormonal changes will start happening and the way your body interacts with different hormones also changes as you get older. We'll talk about that today. And the other thing that changes that we see a lot is that life becomes much more stressful for, um, for a lot of the clients we work with. So they're rising up through the ranks in their career. And by the time they're in their forties, they're in a quite important position, but it takes a lot of time and it's a very stressful thing to, to be part of. And the family responsibilities have also escalated um, so when they're in their 40s, they might have old aging parents to start to look after. And they've also got children that they're worried about and concerned about. So these two things mean that the body and lifestyle for women over 40 is vastly different and requires a very different approach. So to go into a little bit more depth then, over 40, the body starts to change significantly. And the main ways this happens is, first of all, your response to stress changes. This is called the stress response. So when you experience stress whether that's through work or whether that's through um external stress like it could be from exercise exercise causes stress it could be um something that happens in your family it could be any kind of stressor and dieting is included in that stressor your body doesn't respond to it in the same way cortisol levels which is the stress hormone will increase a lot more and they'll stay higher for a lot longer and this can actually put the brakes on weight loss so you need something that's going to help manage that because otherwise those high cortisol levels will make your cravings much worse. It'll make you retain fat much more and it'll make it much harder to lose weight. The other thing that happens is with the body changing as you get older is also your female sex hormones will change. So progesterone and estrogen levels will start to fluctuate as you go through what's called perimenopause, which is near menopause. And, and this can make it harder to lose weight and it can make your weight fluctuate a lot more. And then lastly, joint aches and pains, which generally just do start to happen a bit more with aging, although they also happen because of just being sedentary and things like this. Those joint aches and pains can also mean it's very, very difficult to do like high impact um, types of exercise and see good results. So not only is the body changing, but the lifestyle changes as well. So as we talked about before, you might be managing a team at work and reporting to directors at work. And that's way, way more stressful and time consuming than perhaps the job you did in your twenties. You may also be raising a family on top of that and looking after the home. And as you get more successful, you probably have a bigger home, which has more problems and more things to kind of to manage. And then on top of that, you might have to care for it. For parents that are getting a bit older, they might need a bit more care and attention. They might be getting ill and you might be needing to go and visit them or take them to hospital appointments. And all of this, just means the amount of stress that you're experiencing is much higher and the amount of time you have available to actually put into your own health and well-being is much lower. So the solution to all of this then, to this first myth that you think a lot of people will believe because this is what diets say, that you can do anything, you can do the same things that you could do under, under 40 in your 20s and 30s. The reality is you need something that's optimized for women over 40. You need something that's going to keep stress levels low. So it's going to keep stress levels at, a, at a, the lowest possible level. It's not like you're gonna get rid of stress in life, but it's not gonna increase stress any more than it needs to. And this will be through things like low impact exercise, focusing on strength training rather than cardio, um, not starving yourself, because that's a big stressor as well. So eating, eating enough foods um, and eating the right kinds of food to keep stress level low. So that's the first thing. And it will need to work with your changing hormones rather than against them. So. That will also be about making the right food choices, not having too much of something like alcohol, uh, not doing too much intense exercise again, which can disrupt your hormones even more and getting enough sleep and water and all of these factors. 
And lastly, you need something that's going to take the minimum amount of time for the maximum results. So something that focuses on something on the type of exercise and the type of nutrition approach that's going to get you the most bang for your buck from the minimum time. So you're not going to have to be prepping meals constantly. You're not going to have to be living in the gym or working out five, six days a week. Um, and it's not going to take over your life. And all of these things are things we do inside our Fit Over Water program. We'll, we'll read out some, some examples of it later. But if this sounds really complicated, it doesn't have to be that complicated. You just need something that keeps stress levels low, that works with your changing hormones, and it doesn't take too much time. And it is completely possible. So that's myth number one. And hopefully we've debunked that for you, that you do need to do something different to lose weight over 40. The second myth that trips a lot of people up is thinking that all weight loss is the same. So a lot of the different kind of slimming clubs and fad diets out there, they're basically just designed to help you lose weight. And the weight they help you lose is not necessarily specific. So a lot of approaches will do things like cut out or ban certain foods or replace meals with shakes or juices. And by doing these kind of extreme approaches, people can see a lot of weight loss. So for example, you know, five to six pounds in the first week. And then based on that progress, they think that what they're doing is working really well. They think it's actually taking them towards where they want to be and getting them towards their goals in terms of losing body fat, toning up, getting fitter and getting healthier. The reality is though, the body is made up of many different things. The body is not just made up of body fat. And a lot of these different fad diets and, and extreme approaches, they capitalize on this to make it seem like you're seeing better progress than you really are. So the body's made up of all sorts of different tissues. So bone, organs, muscle, water, uh, the food mass that you're, you've got in your stomach, uh, body fat, and with with different diets so you know for example an approach which gets you to cut out carbs the what the reason that you might see rapid results with that is just because for each gram of carbs that your body stores so you store carbs inside of your body your body also stores three to four grams of water weight so by cutting out carbs you lose all of those carbs you lose all that carb weight that can be stored in your muscles you also lose the water weight that's stored with that carb weight and you will see a rapid drop in the scales however this rapid drop in the scales has nothing to do with actually losing body fat and actually getting fitter and healthier. Another example is, you know, things will help you, they'll, they'll make you cut salt down. So just reduce your salt intake might be another one of the pieces of advice. Again, this also causes a significant drop in water retention and therefore you'll see a significant drop in weight, but again, not necessarily body fat. Other things that can happen is, you know, they'll make you eat a really, really low calorie nutrition plan. By doing that, by basically starving the body, you also, you might lose a bit of body fat, but you're also losing muscle mass, you're losing bone density, which is kind of adding up to look like more weight loss, when in reality, you're losing a lot of the things that you're, you know, that, that make up a fit and healthy body, that toned muscle and, you know, having good bone density. And then another thing, another kind of tool that these approaches may use is not including any exercise. And again, by doing this, it's going to mean that you don't maintain any of your muscle mass. If you just starve the body and you don't do any exercise or don't have any activity, you, you're just your muscle mass and your bone density can just decrease and kind of wither away, which makes you think that you're seeing progress. The number on the scales will be going down, but actually you'll be feeling kind of flabbier. You'll be feeling less toned. You'll be feeling less firm. And you might not even be looking or seeing any kind of visual improvement in the mirror um, as a result of all of that work. And the problem with this is that all of that kind of weight loss, so, you know, losing water weight through cutting out carbs or salt, it's all temporary. So, 
Yeah, the body is, is mostly made up of water and that amount of water that you hold on to can fluctuate based on loads and loads of different factors. So, you know, if you cut carbs down and you, you cut your salt down and you see a load of water get flushed out of your body, your weight comes down. As soon as you eat carbs again, or as soon as you have something with salt in it again, all of that weight will come back up immediately. The problem that that, that can cause even more problems because, you know, for somebody who's really attached to that number on the scales, if you see that rapid weight loss, you think, yes, everything's going great. You eat one thing wrong, it all bounces back and comes back on. And then that can have a huge negative impact on your mindset, your motivation, you also start thinking, what's the point? This wasn't working. And then that's when people kind of give up and get stuck in that cycle of, of yo-yo dieting, doing these extreme approaches, falling off the wagon, doing another approach, falling off the wagon. Um, so yeah, that, that short-term water loss is not really weight loss. And then the other problem is whenever you lose muscle mass, um, muscle loss happens with aging anyway so as you get older people generally tend to lose lose muscle kind of a bit of muscle mass will get lost every single year and what that means is you end up getting weaker you end up getting more sluggish it, it's not particularly good for your health or kind of your physical fitness so if you're also um actively trying to lose weight but you're causing that muscle mass to to speed up and to accelerate anyway it's kind of, it's almost like accelerating the aging progress process. So you get more sluggish and more weak more quickly as a result of this kind of extreme dieting. So instead of all of that, the solution to this is really to, instead of focusing on weight loss, focus on losing body fat. Because when people say, you know, I want to lose weight, what they really mean is they want to, they want to be less fat. They want to lose body fat. They want to lose pounds from around their waist. They want, to be, they want to be less heavy, but they want that weight to come off in terms of body fat. And what we recommend is just doing that in a way which is sustainable, which does actually target that fat. So a few tips to, to follow. So firstly, avoid cutting out whole food groups. So anything that says just you know ban carbs, ban whatever, um, it's probably not gonna give you long-term weight loss. And instead just focus on eating the right amount for you over a week. So we figure this out for our clients. We help them figure out you know, how much food they need to eat to see a nice sustainable weight loss without losing bone mass, without losing muscle mass. And then we just help stick to it. Second thing I would say like, is essential for women who are over 40 in, in particular is to avoid that muscle loss by doing strength training. So any kind of strength training will do, but something that's gonna improve your strength, improve your muscle mass. Um, I'm gonna talk about different types of exercise in a minute, but basically you wanna be doing some strength training and then the third thing is instead of measuring your progress on the scales, like the scales, it can be useful. It can, it can show you that you are progressing as long as you're following kind of a sensible and sustainable approach. But also if you're not following a sustainable appro approach, it can, it can show you just something that's just not useful. You could be losing the weight on the scales, but just everything's actually going in the wrong direction. So instead measure your progress in terms of inch loss as well as weight. So just, you know, take a few measurements. So for example, around your waist at the narrowest point, around your hips at the widest point, around each thigh, um, around your bust, arms and legs. If you measure those things and then you try something, and after a couple of weeks you measure them again and you've seen, you've seen an improvement, then that's, that's usually a really good sign that you're losing body fat and things are going in the right direction. And the other thing people can do as well that um, we also do with our clients every bit is to ask them about how their clothes fit. So if their clothes are clothes are looser, so like we'll have clients to say, I've noticed my belt buckles a couple of notches looser or my trousers are hang, starting to hang off me. 
then that's another good sign that body fat is being lost rather than just looking at the number on the scale and going, our oh, weight's being lost. So it must be, you know, it must be heading in the right direction. So that's myth number two. Myth number three then is that cardio burns fat and it's the only way to burn fat. And a lot of people think that cardio is the best exercise for burning body fat. You'll see posts on social media saying things like sweat is your fat crying. Um, and it kind of gets sort of glamorized read, you know, these really intense sweaty workouts. And a lot of people will then make the logical conclusion that they have to do really difficult, really sweaty, intense workouts to burn fat and to burn the most calories. Now the truth is cardio can burn a lot of calories. If you go and run a marathon, you're going to burn a lot of calories. If you go and cycle hundred miles, you burn a lot of calories, but it isn't always the best way to actually lose weight or lose body fat, as we just talked about and tone up for women over 40. Firstly, cardio is usually high impact, which means it's not great for your joints. So it can cause quite a lot of stress on your joints. So if you already have an achy back or achy knees or problems with your shoulders, you probably don't want to be doing high impact cardio. But whatever the type of cardio you do, cardio generally is going to cause you to burn muscle, especially if you're older. And as Ben mentioned just before, losing muscle is part of the aging process. You will generally accelerate this muscle loss once you get a bit older. So over 40, you're going to start losing a bit of muscle. You will accelerate this by doing more cardio, especially longer cardio sessions. So over sort of half an hour. So you might be doing a gym class. You might be doing spinning. You might be going on a long cycle or a long run. That's actually going to start to burn your muscle. And therefore, it's going to lose that firm toned muscle that's in your body. So you're going to feel more flabby. You might have a more flabby belly. You might have more flabby arms. You might start to get bingo wings. And you'll also end up feeling weaker. And it's kind of the thing that makes people sort of look youthful is having that muscle. So generally, cardio is something you want to avoid if you don't want to lose that muscle. You don't want to become a bit flabby. If you want to tone up, it's not actually great for you, especially as you get older. When you're younger, you can kind of get away with it you will retain that muscle pretty easily. But as you get older, it's really not going to help. And then the last thing that cardio can do, which is something you also really want to avoid over 40, is it can ramp up your stress hormone. So it can send that cortisol level really high and keep it high, especially if you're doing like high impact stuff, spinning, gym classes. And the problem is, as we've talked about many times before, if that cortisol level is elevated for too long, which can happen as you get old and your job's stressful and things like this anyway, if it then gets elevated too much for too long, it will actually stop you from being able to lose weight for a variety of reasons. So what works much better in our experience is to do low impact strength training instead. So basically this is lifting some weights or doing some body, exercise, body weight exercises uh, in a slow and controlled manner. So the reason why this is better is first of all, it's very kind to your joints. And moving into these positions will actually help improve your flexibility over time. So like moving into a squatting position or a lunging position, you can do this in a gentle way that will actually free up your joints and help reduce injuries. Um, it will also build muscle. So that will tone you up. So you'll feel much more firm and you also feel stronger and more energized. It carries a much lower injury risk because you're not jumping. You don't have to do anything like jumping around or um, anything where you're dynamic and could, could potentially twist an ankle or, or, or injure yourself and, therefore stop you progressing and lastly it will also avoid raising your stress hormones so it'll keep those stress hormones low so it'll make it easy for your body to lose fat um, and all of these things are really really important to help you see better results and, and ultimately get that slim toned lean body that you want so focus on low impact strength training instead of cardio and you're likely to see much better results over 40. 
So the third myth is then that there's such thing as a slow metabolism. So a lot of people think that, you know, they just have a slow metabolism. And because of that, um, they're not able to lose weight. And they might think that other people have been born with a fast metabolism so they can eat whatever they want um, and, and avoid putting on that weight. But the truth is, the research shows it's not really about metabolism. So the metabolism is vastly the same from person to person outside of a number of kind of, you know, specific health conditions. So there are people who are diagnosed with specific conditions, um, which I wouldn't say is it's not going to be a really common thing. It's not like a lot of people are diagnosed with these kind of conditions. But outside of that, people's metabolism doesn't really vary much from person to person. What really makes the biggest difference is what one person does compared to what another person does. Um, and that's going to make a difference in terms of the amount of calories that each person burns on a day-to-day -day basis. So a person who seems to have a fast metabolism, they may move more, they may fidget more, they may not be tied to their desk eight hours a day, they may not sit down all evening, they may just kind of do more active things and just be taking more steps in a, in a day. But they could also be taller. So somebody who's, you know, six, four is going to need to eat more calories than somebody who's five foot, for example. Uh, they might be more muscular, as we talked about before. Muscle mass is important for overall kind of fitness and health and strength. But also having muscle mass means that your body, your calorie need is kind of higher. So a big, muscly kind of built guy is going to need to take in more calories than somebody who's very thin and very slender. Uh, it can also make a difference between from men uh, versus women so for example some women that we work with they'll say oh my husband can eat anything and he'll get away with it and and not put on weight but it might be that maybe they're five five four um and their husband is like some six foot two guy and then when they make dinner they have the same size portion but in reality the husband can it's not that he has a faster metabolism it's just that he can get away with eating more because he is taller he's probably more muscular but also men have a higher level of testosterone, which makes it easier for the body to burn fat, which means you can get away with eating um, more food. So the solution to this is, well, first of all, you've got to stop believing that, you know, there's such thing as a slow metabolism, because then that allows you to, to take control of your own situa situation and take control of the things that you can control to help you to see some results. So the first thing you can do is you can consciously plan to move more and by moving more you'll be able to burn more calories over each day so how much someone moves day to day is partially genetic so some people might have to plan this more carefully than others but you can do something as simple as planning a lunchtime walk every day or you know just doing something active in the evening so for example redecorating a room or even just adding in, as we said before, some of the kind of low impact strength training workouts that we recommend for our clients. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be, I think this important point of this one is it doesn't have to be exercise. Like this is just general movement actually burns a lot of calories. So I read something interesting the other day that said if this desk behind me can be a standing desk. I know Ben, are you on a standing desk right now? Yeah, I am. There you go. Ben's on a standing desk right now. The difference between using a standing desk for an eight hour work day and a, a regular desk is about 500 calories difference um, in terms of how many calories you've burned throughout the day. So you might say, oh, look, Ben has a fast metabolism, but what you don't realize is Ben stands up for eight hours a day on his desk and therefore burns 500 calories more. And that's the difference between someone losing weight steadily, 500 calories, 
losing a pound or two a week, probably a pound a week, and someone maintaining or maybe even gaining a pound a week. It's that smaller difference. So it could be doing that. It could be that you spend the evening and you do a couple more chores. You know, I hoovered around the house last night. I put all the laundry up. Um, rather than just lying on the sofa and watching TV, you could watch TV and do some things whilst you watch TV. So it's really simple changes that can give you that fast metabolism that you kind of want in order to keep weight off easily. So myth number five, and this is the last myth, is that you should see weight loss every week. So a lot of people have this expectation that they should be seeing a couple of pounds coming off every week. And this is partly because diets just don't educate for people very well. And things like slimming clubs will literally celebrate you and clap if you've seen weight loss one week. And then they'll be, they'll kind of almost shame you if you don't see that progress, or they at least won't acknowledge it. They'll say, oh, you know, bad luck this week. You've probably... And they're all behind their back going that she's probably eaten too much or he's probably had a few too many takeaways. The reality is that's not true. And especially for women, this is really poorly understood. For women, it's very normal to not see steady weight loss. There's times, different times of the month and different times of your life where weight loss is just not going to happen steadily. It's going to happen in bursts or in waves. And it's going to happen for a couple of weeks and it's not going to happen for a couple of weeks. and It's going to happen for a couple of weeks. But if you believe that you should be seeing it every week, it's very easy to step on the scales when you've done everything perfectly. You know, you've actually sacrificed a lot. You've maybe said no to that takeaway or you've said no to that drink and you've not bought chocolate that week or you've had one biscuit instead of the pack. And you step on the scales and you look down and you go, oh, my weight's not changed. What's the point? It's probably because I've got so many tablets. It's probably because it doesn't, you know, I'm, I can't lose weight. It's probably because I'm too old now. And maybe it's because I'm just aging and destined to be fat and frumpy. None of that's true. The reality is body weight will never drop consistently, especially for women over 40. So for women, body weight won't drop consistently. And as you get older, it's especially going to be more difficult for it to drop consistently. And this is all due to changes in water retention. So the first thing that will cause these sort of cyclical changes in water retention is your monthly hormonal fluctuations due to your monthly cycle. So Unless you're menopausal, you're going to have some sort of monthly cycle. It might be affected by some birth control, but that will still cause fluctuations in your female sex hormones. So twice a month, estrogen will rise and fall. So it rises and falls around ovulation, which is halfway through your cycle. And then it rises and falls in the week before your period, um, along with progesterone at that point. And these two points often come with water retention. That often when that estrogen rises and falls, that often causes some water retention and you might gain a couple of pounds in water weight. And so what this could do is this could actually make it look like nothing's happening because you've gained a couple of pounds of water weight when actually you may have lost a couple of pounds at the same time in terms of body fat, but the scales doesn't tell you that. The scale says nothing is happening. So it's really important to understand that first of all, monthly cycle fluctuations will cause water weight fluctuations. And it's very normal for you to not lose any weight in those at those times or to not see weight loss but it doesn't mean you're not making progress the other thing that can kind of affect this is hormonal changes during perimenopause so in the run-up to menopause and this can be a lot earlier than people think it can be five or ten years before you ever hit menopause your hormones can start to change it may be accompanied by menopausal symptoms like hot flushes or aches and pains or disrupted sleep or reduced sex drive but it might not be accompanied by any other real symptoms you might just see your, your weight fluctuates more and it's very important, therefore, to realize that if you're in your 40s, you may well be having some hormonal changes happen. You may well be going through very early stage of perimenopause. 
And this could mask any fat loss that's happening. Again, your weight might start fluctuating and it might mask fat loss that's happening. So again, it's not, it's not realistic to expect your weight to drop every week when these things are happening. And then lastly, changes in your stress levels can also cause the stress, uh, the stress hormone cortisol to change. And when your stress hormone level changes, water retention also changes. So if you have a really stressful week at work and you know, things are really full on. It's like one of those crazy weeks and you, you, you work in day and night and everything seems to be going wrong. It's very, very normal. Or it could be with family for you to retain some more water. So you might retain two or three pounds more water that week. And for what I see with my clients, it usually drops off the following week or the week after. So it's all about being patient with these things because there's lots of things. If you have a stressful life and if you're just a woman over 40, that are going to cause your weight to fluctuate quite a lot. So the solution to this then is, first of all, to set your expectations, to not expect your weight to drop every week and instead to use multiple measures of progress so you're not demoralized just by looking at the scales if they haven't changed one week. So, for example, as Ben said before, you could take body measurements as well. So you could measure around your legs, your thighs, your, your hips, your bust. There's a few key areas you can measure and also judge how you feel in clothes. And just bear in mind, you may be bloated, so it may not be the best judge. And then lastly, the most important thing really is just to keep going even if you don't see weight loss for one week, as long as you're doing what you need to do, as long as you're, um, you're, you're managing your nutrition and you're doing the right kinds of exercises consistently, it's very likely that a weight will drop off. And I see that with clients all the time. So the other thing that could really, really help with this is just to have a coach there um, to work with you through this so that they can easily identify, if it's an experienced coach who understands what happens with women over 40, they can identify when it's actually a hormonal fluctuation or some sort of water weight fluctuation that's taking place, maybe due to stress, maybe due to monthly cycle changes, and when it's actually something that you need to change in terms of your approach. Because more often than not, it's just a temporary fluctuation. And when you know that, it's much easier to keep going. So they're the kind of five myths we wanted to cover today. Hopefully that's given you a bit more clarity on what's realistic and what actually works over 40. And we have a couple of um, examples of, of clients who kind of followed the approach that, that doesn't, doesn't comply with these myths. It's kind of, you know, an approach that actually does work for women over 40. And Ben, why don't you, why don't you share with everyone a, a couple of these, these quotes from our clients about what can be achieved over 40 if you don't fall for all the myths? So first one then is from Siobhan. So she said, I've lost five inches off my belly. Amazing. One inch from my waist, one inch from my hips. My tummy is flattened. Result, uh, I lost from waist and hips. My shape is changing and I feel great in my clothes. I've also gained more with the knowledge and understanding of what works for me. And I love the workout. So I feel that I am winning. I was unsure at the start, but feeling hopeful. I now feel amazing. I have so many comments from people asking what I've been doing and asking for advice. My clothes fit better. I feel amazing and fit and healthy and have loads of energy. Trinity gives you so much knowledge and information is drip fed, which really helps because it isn't so overwhelming and it's manageable. I work out from home and I get help and advice direct from Ben and Rob, which helps no end. Do Trinity, you will not regret it. Best plan I've ever done and sustainable. Great community too. So that's one from Siobhan. And then we've got another one here from Susie. So Susie says, I was a size 12 to 14 dress size and generally getting rather plump and very uncomfortable, no fit, no, not fit, no muscle. I was very uncomfortable, no shape, unconfident, didn't want to get undressed in front of my partner and really quite depressed as I felt like I had tried everything but with very little results. I've lost seven inches in total. I'm down to 10 stone 11, although I feel massively lighter than this and look even lighter. 
I love being strong and lifting weights. I've caught the bug and feel I can only get buffer. I now walk around the bedroom naked without worrying about what I look like and my partner loves it. Ha. <laughs> I now fit into dresses and trousers. I could no longer I could no longer get into at the beginning of the program, but most importantly, I can now get into my wedding dress ready for my big day on the 30th of September. I'm so very pleased. I will look and feel so great on my big day. I feel I can do anything. And most importantly, I know I won't have to worry about how I look and feel on the day and how I look will not hold me back. Plus I will look amazing in a bikini on my honeymoon in Bali. So yeah, just, just to kind of go back to a point we made earlier about weight loss not being the most important thing. Um, Susie was saying that she's she dropped some weight, although she feels massively lighter than this. And that's probably due to the fact that she's um, she's seen those such massive changes in terms of toning up, in terms of gaining muscle mass, getting fitter and getting stronger. So it just goes to show it's, yeah, it's not all about that number on the scales. But yeah, those are two great examples of people who were kind of confused before they started. They didn't really know why nothing was working for them. So Siobhan and Susie, did join our program and they saw those amazing results so ben if someone else is in that position they're kind of confused about why they can't get the weight moving and they want to find out more about fit over 40 and see if it could help them to shift the extra weight where can they go to so to find out more about what we do just head to www.fit40info.com awesome well i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the trinity podcast we'll be back next week same time next week for the next episode and we'll catch you then so thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.